0: Love, talk, radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sherry Clip. I am here with author Grayer Vaughn. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is very exciting having you on. I've had you on a couple of shows in the past, and uh, tonight we're talking about you as an author and some books that you have wrote, which is really exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about this. Um
1: sure. So altogether I've actually written 39 books. Um, I've allowed eight to be published. Um what, my first series was the Vaughn Chronicles, and uh it was an attempt to kind of honor a promise that I made to my grandfather um before he passed on my life. But what ended up coming out was easier to be put in a story Um, so I kind of modeled Magnolia Vaughn gave her my last name um, so that she mirrors me at a time in my life when I was in high school Um, it's actually the last six months more or less of my high school um, year and it's kind of like learning to balance her celebrity status along with her trying to be normal, because she has to, of course, um, complete her high school education. In in the story, I mean, there's several different, you know, it varies a little bit to where she's not, you know, exactly like me, because, of course, I'm not an uber celebrity just yet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I'm not a millionaire. So, um, you know, it's it's very few uh, facts that are varied from... Uh, she and myself, but uh, Magnolia is very driven. Um, The Chronicles actually um, log seven of her past lives, including the one that she's currently living, because Magnolia is very special. She's actually the queen of a realm of heaven. And at the beginning of the series, they tell her that she has to come back through life and meet her past, present, and future husband, fall in love with him all over again, unite together, and then they have to walk their people into the Valley of Light in order to um, elevate their kingdom a level higher to be at glory with God. So it's a little bit, you know, churchy, but it's not like pushing the issue too much. Um, At the time when I wrote it, I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to write about?
0: (laughs) Because mm-hmm.
1: um, at the time, I, I was uh, touring as a world champion in um, karate, sport fighting, and I was a purse winner. I was winning money and stuff. And I didn't, I mean, if you're not involved in that sport, it can get kind of lagging at certain times. So I tried to make her as unique as possible and relatable to what maybe a teenage girl would be going through. And... Mm-hmm. um so she she meets her her king if you will um, in life and uh, her parents she's orphaned at a young age and uh, her parents pass on and she's um, you know goes through life learning how to fight and that was something that drew her closer to her father which the same kind of difference for myself I um, was put in karate because my dad was in karate and he died before I was born. So it was my way of connecting, you know, with my father that way. And um, so I gave her the same gist in the book. And um, she goes to high school, and she lays eyes on her husband, but at the time she doesn't know that he's her husband because, of course, when you come into life, you don't, you know, recollect all the memories and, and everything that you're supposed to. She has to kind of walk her way through it. So, you know, her husband is kind of like, okay, wait a minute. I have to make her fall in love with me all over again. Do you understand how hard that is in the first place? And so, it's a it's very mm-hmm. cute uh kind of cat and mouse chase. It's very very cute. It's a teen um series and she's up against some very awesome villains, um especially one that likes to drink her blood because he gets high off of it. Um so she gets attacked and um, she has to learn about herself and she starts to remember that there's different events in her life, things that she can do. She has light that shines out from her hands when she gets scared. Um, her eyes change color because they're about the color of gold or so. Um, it's very striking. Kind of looks something like Blake Lively, I guess you could say. Um and it's it's interesting. It's a, I don't want to give away too much for the readers that haven't read it yet, but it's definitely worth a turn uh, a turn in a in a book. And I hope that they you know read it and check it out.
0: Right. Um. Is this book on the internet to be bought somewhere? Um. Is there links to it? Yes. It's actually on. It's on. Okay. I. It's on iTunes, Amazon,
1: um, Kindle Fire. Uh, Right now, I believe it's in 270 markets. I mean, we're in (coughs) Amazon France, Amazon Russia, Amazon India. We're in Malaysia. uh, Trying to think about it, France. um, I think I said India, Um, Japan. All pretty much all over the place. Anywhere you can get an e-reader. We're on um, Google Play as well. Um, I think they, they have it on Kobo. They have it just about everywhere. Um, for the book, you can get it in a paperback. You can get it um, digital, e-book. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where you can get it.
0: Well, and what's the name of this again? I'm sorry. The Bond Chronicles. The first book is called oh, Magnolia okay. Like the Flower. And then mm-hmm.
1: um, the second book is called Burning Blossom. And the third book is called Starshine. It's all under the Vaughn Chronicles of that series.
0: Wow. Oh, so when did you realize that you would want to start writing a book? Was that in your life? Like, what made you start wanting to write? Yeah. To be honest, I
1: I kind of always had, you know, I would write here and there. I wrote some poetry when I was younger and stuff like that. So I've always kind of written, but um, I didn't actually, you know, put pen to paper until the day my grandfather was passing away. Um, I actually went to college to be an artist. Um, And so he didn't believe that art is something That's reputable. You know, it's not something you make a living on because of course my grandfather was very old school. He was 78, Mm. you know, when he was passing. So he believed, even though I had just sold a piece for like 4,000 that took me like, I don't know, 15 minutes to make, you know, I was like, are you kidding? I'm doing fabulous. You know, and he's like, no, (laughs) you need something that's more stable. And he was like, tell me what you're going to do in the next 10 years. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, what kind of question is that? And he goes, answer me. So I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll open a gallery or have a show or, I don't know, write a book. And he was like, promise me you'll write a book. And I was like, huh? And he says, yeah, yeah. Promise. promise me you'll write a book. He says, your life's too extraordinary not to. So I was like, okay, I promise. And then five minutes later, he was gone. So I kind of made that promise, oh, and wow. it bugged the heck out of me for like six months. You know, I was kind of kind of messed up because, of course, <laughs> I was very close to my grandfather. So I was just kind of like, what the hell? You know, it was weird. And then um, right. one, one day I just was like, you know what, I'm going to keep my promise. And so I sat down at my desk and uh, moved all my art paints out of the way and everything and just grabbed a notebook and started writing. And I, once I started, I couldn't stop. But first I had to pray um, <laughs> because, of course, I wasn't sure if I could do it in the first place, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you, you know, you're good at writing essays in high school or in college, you know, you have to write a thesis or whatever. But when it comes to writing an actual novel, it's it's kind of, you know, intimidating. So I was like, oh, God, please let me be able to keep this promise. Like even if it's not any good, at least I can say I tried, you know. And so I just wrote it and I wrote 1,532 pages by hand. And then I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And I put it on a shelf and left it there and didn't tell anybody because I was just like, between me and him, I'm good. You know, I kept my promise. (laughs) And uh, my mom was being nosy. And we were having Sunday dinner, and she comes and throws it in the middle of the table. And she's like, so what's that? (laughs) I was like, "Uh." Uh, so, yeah, I wrote a book. And everybody, it was like a scene in a movie. Everybody (laughs) just turns like, like, what? I was
0: like, yeah, I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, So okay, no one expected you to write you... a book? Oh,
1: let me tell you, nobody in my family never, yeah. a, to, the, to this day, I have to put a copy of the book in their hands for them to believe that I wrote the book. It's the craziest thing. And, you know, they were like, well, are you going to get it published? I was like, yeah, I guess, I, yes, I probably could. I think that's a good idea and just. Kept on eating. I mean, I didn't think too much of it. And I sent it out. And the way that it got published was kind of crazy. And of course, because I'm kind of spiritual, I choose to believe that maybe my grandfather was helping me because my favorite number is seven. Everything to do with this book lands on a seven. So I get the news that it's going to be published on the seventh, right? And then wow. when it comes out, it's literally the 7th, the 16th of every month going forward. He passed away in July, and I had finished writing the book around August or maybe the first week of September. And by September 16th, I had got, a, got the first call. And I was sitting on the corner of Vaughn and Maine in Seguin. And I just looked up, and I was like, whoa, it's a sign. <laughs> you know. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then um, when they were like, okay, we're going to do a full run, um, it was again on the 7th. So I was like, okay, man, I got you. So and that's how the Von Chronicles came to be. And literally the whole series is kind of that 1,532 pages broken up. Um, because, of course, when I took it to them, they were like, okay, listen, You've got, like, a whole serious mess of a trilogy or anthology Or You need to break it down and, you know, define your characters. And so my first uh, book company kind of helped me through that and um, helped me to to kind of hone the craft a little bit. And then I started to learn more and more. And I was like, wait a minute, they get to do all the fun stuff, you know. So (laughs) they get to pick, you know, do the artwork for the cover. They get to figure out what typeset the title is in Um, because I have this real big fascination with fonts, you know, especially because my background is art. So I was like, well, why do y'all get to do everything, you know? And so the more that I started to learn, the more I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. So I made my own – I bought the licensing and and ISBNs and all sorts of stuff that you need for a publishing company, and I opened – my own publishing company about two years later um, because I wasn't willing to part with my other books because, of course, they wanted Publisher for Life. That would mean that all of my books would go through that particular publisher. And I was like, well, I'm only getting $2 a book and it's 26 bucks to buy the book when I could have 100% of that $26. So I was like, let me go ahead and see if I'm capable of doing this. And that was kind of how I started my first company, which was the publishing. And so, well, so a lot of good people things. People can
0: come to you to publish a book?
1: Absolutely. And they help oh, 100%. Like, it's not like before, because when I, I'm not going to lie, when I first thought about, wow, I got this book, now what are we going to do, right? We're going to go, I'm going to take it to them and say, here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm going to be just like J.K. Rowling, and I'm going to be out there. And everybody's going to know my name, and that's not what happened. (laughs) They were like, wait a minute here. But, you know, step down from your altar because that's not going to happen. They were like, you got a lot of work ahead of you. So I didn't understand the whole process. And me being, of course, me, I get obsessed with everything. So I'm kind of obsessed with the process of making a book. And all the – it's just so creative, and it's inspiring and ambitious and – All these things, you know, rolled into one. So um, for me, being in that process was more important, I think, almost than writing the book itself because it's kind of like you're creating a world, you know, for someone to exist in because from that one idea comes a lot of possibilities. You know, one day someone's going to make that book into a script and then there's going to be some actress, you know, mumbling your words, that you maybe started out with just
0: a thought of what it
1: kind of inspiring. It's my thing.
0: <laughs> so I'm I'm sure when you write, you're you're thinking about all this because I I know who you are now. <laughs> so when you write, you're thinking about how I can make this into a movie for sure, right? Um, to be honest, no. <laughs> well,
1: no. Like I wow, that's
0: surprises- play.
1: Yeah, no, right. I, I have to pray before before any pen hits a paper, before any keys or computers are turned on. I have to pray or nothing will come out. I have no idea why that is, but it's just the way I get down. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Stephen King has his thing and maybe J.K. Rowling, you know, she's got to, I don't know, be around some diamonds or some. Some amazing, I'm sure, because her stuff is phenomenal. But for me, that's where I start first, and then the way that I write, I see it as a movie first. And then I basically tell the reader what I'm seeing in the movie as I'm writing. And then afterwards, I'm like, okay, that's done. And then I move on to the next thing. And then later, um, like with the Cathedral Saga, I wrote it in 2012, and it's barely getting turned into a film this year. So it's been a while. I mean, I don't just say you know, oh, this, this would be better as a film or this, you know, so on and so forth because a lot of the time, with, especially in many, many books with many, many movies, um, you lose a lot when you take it from a book adaptation turning it into film because there's only five plot points of a book that drive the story forward. So you have to make sure that you summarize a lot and kind of condense it down, um, you know, the plot of the book and you got to make sure you hit all the right angles to make sure you're doing the book justice, you know? So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean, it's totally different in writing a book than it is from writing a script simply because when you're writing a book, you have to tell that reader what everything is so that they can immerse themselves because people take time out of their life. I think that's why people read, you know? They kind of put their lives on the Mm -hmm. shelf and step into a book so they become that person or whatever. So you got to tell them what to look. You know what they're feeling, what's in the moment. You know if there's music playing. You have to describe everything. Well, in a script, it's kind of dumbed down and very generalized. You know what I mean? So right. Um, you can't. I mean, you can elaborate, but you have to give enough room for the actors to kind of take it on, and and do their thing with their craft as well. So it's two different worlds, but. Some things, I'm not gonna lie, I would be like, oh, no, it's not, it's not the right time, because of course you also have to have the right timing for the book to become a movie, because then you're gonna end up with something crazy, and you're like, okay, why is this out there? You know what I mean? It just some things that right. don't kind of fit, yeah. So yeah, that's right. kind of my process, but some things just come to me like um, the Cathedral Saga, right? <laughs> I was having a conversation mm-hmm. with my aunt, and she told me that, that everybody has a job on the other side, right? And I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? Because you sound crazy. And she's like, yeah, when you die, everybody has, has a job. And I'm like, okay. She told mm-hmm. me, your <laughs> job is to go into hell and get all the souls out of purgatory and bring them to glory with God. <laughs> And I literally sat there with my jaw on the floor like, okay, I need to talk to tech support. I need to talk to somebody. You got you to gotta beam me up, Scotty, because I need to have <laughs> a conversation with some angel, get St. Peter on the horn. I was like, here, hold my beer. I've got to go talk to somebody. <laughs> because,
0: you yeah. know, no, we're not.
1: A, I was like, who's fixing to do that? Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's when they say where they're at, and I'm going to go up there and chill out with, like, Freddie Mercury or some, I don't have time for this. <laughs> it's like, don't they have somebody more qualified? <laughs> and it bothered right. me. It really did bother me because I was like, I don't know why. I just always pictured myself, you know, I fancied myself in the library somewhere with all the old books smelling the resin, you know, because they've got to have one hell of a, a library in heaven, right? So, Right. I was devastated for like seven days. I couldn't even, I was just like, I can't, I was mad. I'm not going to lie. I was mad. I was furious. I was like, how, like, I had just seen as so above is below or something like that. Movie scared the crap out Mm -hmm. of me. So I'm like, so you're trying to, and I had to go back to her because I was like, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that I couldn't have a job in the guff where all the new baby born, you know, babies uh, born, souls or whatever you want to call them. Um, I couldn't go play with the babies. I I had to go in hell, like where it's hot, where there's nothing and nobody and go down there. Like,
0: Like, I was like, riddle me this. What
1: did I do in a past life? Like, whose baby seal did I kill? Because how did this happen? You know, and she's just like, oh, well, you're not scared. And I was like, no, I'm pretty scared. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, I don't know if I want to, I, I think I need to meet a vampire so I can live forever because that sounds like a bad deal. Like, I'm I'm not trying to be a part of that joint at all. And she laughed, I swear, for hours because I was just, like, so conflicted. I was like, I can't believe that this is my life. And, and then I was like, okay, let's play devil's advocate, right? I was like what the heck would I even say to somebody? And I was like, what would I tell him? She says, well, you, you, your thing is words. And I was like, well, yeah, words have power. And I've always believed that. Because what you say to someone else, depending on the words you select, have enough power to kind of, you know, spear you into your soul. That's why some people's words hurt worse than others. You know what I mean? And so... Right. um. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, well, she's like, well, yeah, well, you got to get them to go up there. And I was like, you know, I've always liked puzzles, but I I don't think I'd like this. I'm I'm from Texas. It's already hot here. I'm complaining about the heat. I have to have water. I'm not an outside person at all.
0: And you're sending me where it's like
1: the Bahamas, you know, it's constant heat. I was like, okay, I guess. So my skin's just done. We've got that accomplished. And she was like, You are absolutely insane. So then, and she was explaining that it's, you know, people that deserve, I guess, to go forward. So then I was, you know, still unsatisfied. And I just kind of left it because by that point we were already, you know, knee-drink and knee-deep knee in, in the drinks. And so I was just like, Forget it. It's just a lost cause. And I went home and had some crazy dream. And I had a dream about this. Guy named Sunday Dufresne, which is actually in the book. Um, and he was the sweetest soul that ever lived. And he loved his wife, and he was stuck in a church. and uh, I would think that when you die, you would think that you're going to go to heaven, but if you have Alzheimer's, you're not going to remember where to go. So he was afraid, so he went to church because when he meets Beauregard, which is the angel in the story, um, he tells him, well, I didn't know where to go. And my mom says, when you're afraid, you're supposed to go to church and you go ask for help. So I came to church. And so when he finds him, he's in church and he's listening to the most amazing music. It's like, you know, Frank Sinatra singing and then it goes to like Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald. And I mean, the guy's got taste. He's got like this amazing music playing in the church. And um, he tells him, you know, I don't know, where I'm supposed to be or why I'm supposed to be, but I also can remember that I don't know what it feels like anymore to have um, the sensation of a cool Sunday on your tongue. You know, I don't remember what the warmth feels like. I don't remember what the sun feels like. And so he's he's sitting there talking to the guy and just getting him to kind of open up, and uh, he takes him to the first place that he met his wife. And uh, he was like, it can't be that same place. And he was like, yep, this is the place. And so he sits down, and his wife walks in. Of course, she's younger because she died before he did. And uh, she walks in, and she says, hello over yonder, you know. And he's like, oh, my God. You know, immediately he starts crying because he's just like, okay, I, I can't believe that you're here. And she's like, well, I had to have a, a situation with James Dean, but otherwise I'm here, you know. I didn't have time to kind of reach you and so it kind of goes through his life and it shows why people should be appreciative of the situations and the people that are in their life and even though maybe at the time that they don't think you know that this was something that they should have gone through there's a lesson somewhere in there so um with those kind of stories that I've attached to the books from what I'm told by readers is that um when they start the book they have one outlook and towards the end of the book, they're completely changed and they see a different perspective of maybe something that they didn't see before. And to me, that's, like, the greatest honor anyone could ever give me because it's like, wow, I was able to change your mind. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. So it's kind of deep, you know. <laughs> I'm still, like, i yeah.
0: have a book job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and... I- I'm amazed at how creative and where you draw your inspirations to write this stuff from. It's incredible.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, Um, yeah, no,
0: I get some of my stories from the news,
1: believe it or not. And Selena Gomez. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Stuff stuff that I see out there that I think, wait a minute, that shouldn't be happening. And so then I think, well, what what should my kids be thinking? You know what I mean? So right. I kind of try to write to them, too, and say, okay, just because, you know, you may feel like this doesn't mean that this outcome is going to happen. You know, we even have a, a a gay boy who is trying to figure out how to tell his mom, you know, how to come out. And somebody recently came to me and told me I used that scenario to come out to my parents. And I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, glad I could help. Have- wow. Yeah.
0: So, now, did you yeah. know someone? Did you know someone um, that you're able to write
1: about in that way? I don't. Well, when I write, I don't technically use anybody. Um, I mean, my cousin. <laughs> she came out to me first of of all people, aside from herself, I'm guessing. <laughs> but she told me, and I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, well, d- does that make you different? And she was like, no. I was like, "Mm hmm. I was like, okay. What's that got to do with me? You know, I just want for you to be happy and for you to like accept who you are, and and just for I don't care who you love as long as you love somebody. I mean, shoot, that's all any of us could hope for, especially in the time we live in. And so um, she was like, I just want you to know. I was like, okay, thanks, appreciate it. (laughs) You know, but I'm I'm a very open you know, minded person. I don't, I always like to say I'm straight but not narrow, you know, Mm -hmm. because I believe everybody, you know, different strokes for different folks. Everybody loves differently as long, it doesn't matter who you love as long as you love someone. So just in case, you know, my kids were to come out and say, hey mom, this is the person I love. I wanted for them to know that it's okay, even though we didn't have the awkward talk, you know, that most people, I guess, would have with their child. I kind of indirectly had that, you know, because my kids are weird. I'm always messing with them, you know, (laughs) telling them stuff, and they're like, okay, mom, thanks, got it. You know, I would always Uh, tell them, before you leave, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, it was kind of my way to say, hey, everything's cool, don't worry about it.
0: Right. No. And, and that is great to end this on is just, you know, that message right there. And um, is there anything else you would like to say to any new writers out there? we got about a minute and 40 seconds left.
1: Yes. If there's any new writers that need help uh, or mentoring or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can send me emails to of online productions at outlook um and i'm more than willing to help if i can or at least try to lead you in the right direction and um help you
0: achieve your dream great great yvonne for coming on the show tonight and telling us all about your your writing here and and your books that are out there. We appreciate it. And we'll have to have you come back again sometime because I know there's so much more you can say about your other books as well. Um, We'd love to have you come back if you can. And thank you so much to all of our listeners. Oh, you are awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) I will definitely be in touch soon. All right, everyone, thank you you all for listening tonight. And once again, author Greer Vaughn. Look her up and look, at, look for a books, That'd be great. And um, good, best of luck with everything, Grayer, And we'll be in touch, like I said. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have yourselves a great night. We'll We'll be talking to you all soon. Thank you. Good night. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in, at U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation?